0: and gentlemen and welcome to UI Breakfast Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Portman, and today our co-host is Chris Hawkins, who is all about, all about products and podcasting, and we decided to call today's episode Business of Podcasting, and we're going to discuss what kind of impact podcasting can make on your business, be it consulting or product work. So hey, Chris. Hey, Jane. Thank you for joining us today for a great chat.
1: Oh, I'm excited. I'm having a lot of fun.
0: All right. So let's get started. Let's talk about how podcasting can be beneficial for
1: your business. Well, a lot of folks start podcasts as a business, and uh, that's not what I'm going to address today. I'm I'm going to talk about how a podcast can help the business you already have. In particular, if you're also a freelancer or a consultant like I am. And a lot of folks, a lot of folks are are very aware of the fact that a podcast can be a tremendous credibility builder for you, but they're less familiar with how that plays out in real life. And what I've found is number one, the spoken content that is used in my podcast, I can often repurpose that and use it in a sales email. I can use it in a blog article. I can use it in other mediums that help me get noticed by the people that I hope to attract as clients. It can also serve as kind of a third-party validation that I know what I'm talking about. For example, I had a client not too long ago. They had an idea for a web app that they wanted to to launch. Now as as it turned out, they they didn't have a marketing plan and, and, and some other critical things that they needed to have. So we, we, we didn't end up following through on that project. But, but in the beginning, part of the reason that they wanted to bring my company on rather than somebody else is because of my podcast. They heard my podcast and they said, oh, well, wait a minute. So there are all these different web development shops here in town. But this one is run by a guy who actually has his own podcast. Um, interviewing people and and educating listeners on how to launch products, how to do marketing, how to do this, how to do that. Oh, and that ultimately made the difference. So while that episode of my podcast didn't make money for me directly by selling sponsorships or ads, it uh, it did end up making money for me indirectly when that client and and several others who who eventually did sign on saw that and used that as kind of a credibility marker. It, it was really surprising. I. I, I had hoped that something like that would happen and then when it actually happened I found myself shocked.
0: Well that's that's a great, you know, that's a great shock to have,
1: really. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, no complaints. No complaints. I would
0: like to go backwards to our previous episode and just have a small recap for our listeners because we just discussed the goals that a person can have for, you know, his podcast. And uh, among those, uh, Chris mentioned, get brain access to those people that he wouldn't otherwise, let's say, pick the brains of celebrities. Right. That was uh, to have some public accountability for building his own products. That would be to educate people and help them. And would be to position yourself as an authority, build the you know, your, uh, personal brand. And uh, I would like to add a couple more, maybe, you know, just having fun <laughs> and once again, probably building personal relationships with the listeners.
1: Yeah, that's fair. It's, it's not worth doing if it's, if it's not fun, right?
0: Right. And you know, money is never on this list because money is just an indirect consequence of you being a public figure and offering someone for free essentially. So yeah, money shouldn't I, be there. I agree.
1: I agree. I, I think if all of these things are done diligently and and to some degree fearlessly, and if on the other side of doing all these things, you have the courage to actually launch something, absolutely, absolutely, money does not need to be a a primary concern. It'll 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 be a result of these things.
0: Right. So it definitely helps you to get consulting clients. Um, how about product work? What do you think?
1: You know, with product. When I launched my book, Record and Release, Learn How to Podcast, in just one day, way back in June, um, the connections that I had made via doing my own podcast, my podcast guests and, – and some of them are very prominent people. Um, my podcast guests, some number of them, they actually helped me out by acting as a street team. Um, a couple of them forwarded emails onto their lists. Several of them retweeted promotional tweets of mine um, – a couple of them with uh, private membership communities. I, I actually offered a, a coupon code just for their membership community. So they promoted it to their, to their own community. It was really invaluable. It was really invaluable. And also one of, the <laughs> one of the most valuable things is when someone who had been a guest on my podcast who really gets marketing shot me an email that said, back off a little bit. You're tweeting too much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> really? can tweet too much?
1: and i well i was i was going every 45 minutes i had a you know i had a tweet scheduled with you know a quote from the book or something something or a coupon code or something and somebody kind of pulled me aside and said okay this is you know you're being diligent and it's great a little too much just turn turn the volume down a little bit and i did <laughs> and i was value i i found value in that i i thought it was very uh i thought it was very kind actually that that person was willing to respect me enough to shoot straight with me and not not be worried about me getting my feelings hurt. So, that was nice.
0: That was also very wise of you to accept that feedback and not get, you know, stressed about it.
1: Yeah, well, I've already gone through when when I was a young man, I went through the age where everything is about ego. And then with my with my um, my efforts to get small spec, my web app out the door. Um, that project suffered because, of, in, in large part, because of ego. So through all these bumps and bruises, and you know, through getting a little older and a little mellower, um, I love it when people shoot straight with me. I I don't really get ruffled anymore. I, I appreciate it because honestly, if somebody's afraid to speak plainly to me, that's an indicator that they probably see me as somebody who's going to get upset at them and shoot the messenger, or I'm going to get bent out of shape and get my feelings hurt. And honestly, when it comes to work product, when it comes to these podcasts that I'm putting out in the world, when it comes to my efforts to connect with new clients and new influencers in the industry, shooting straight with somebody, that is the greatest thing you can do for them. It really is. So I always appreciate it.
0: Awesome. So I think there um, there's a great word that you used in previous episode, which is you build your own tribe of people. And that is true because you build your own tribe of people listeners, but it's also true because you're built your own tribe in terms of your professional network, right? Because people who you interview and who you invite also become your friends and help you out to market your products, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Absolutely. And that's absolutely been the case. And you know, it's that way with clients too. As a freelancer, I, I've found that the clients that I've selected over the years, they're my people. They're my kind of people. Early on, Okay. We all do this when we're new to freelancing and we need the money. We'll, we'll take on the client that we know is going to be a nightmare, but we do it anyway. <laughs> and, uh, eventually that relationship comes to an end. And, you know, honestly, we're, we're relieved. And then that vacuum opens up and we'll hopefully fill with a higher quality client who is one of your people. And, and that's when you end up with a client relationship that really stands the test of time.
0: Right. We talked about your podcast being very personal and yourself, you know, building personal relationships with your guests. I do, however, observe plenty of, you know, half an hour podcasts when half an hour is just not enough for the host to explore the whole big universe of the guest.
1: Oh, yeah. I
0: wonder how you solve this problem. Because for example, here with you, we have five or seven episodes and we can go in depth about your problems, about your products, etc. But what do you do to build that personal relationship?
1: <laughs> you, you know, I, I actually had this problem recently. I had Alan Branch on my podcast. And because of a scheduling snafu, I only had him for 30 minutes. Now, mm-hmm. you, you've been, you've been on my show before. You, you probably remember. It takes us about 25 minutes to really get into things. And uh, with Alan, I, I only had 30. and And unfortunately... My answer is, in that episode, uh, I wasn't able to solve that problem. But how I normally do it is I start the interpersonal interaction from the very first email. Um, I'm not sending out Calendly links. I'm actually sending emails. First, an email to invite someone. And they say yes. And I say, that's great. And I email them back. That's great. I'm very excited to have you. Here are the next few open production slots. Do any of these work for you? Yes. No. We're having a conversation right from the beginning. So that dynamic that I'm hoping to play out during the interview where I ask a question and you feel comfortable answering it is playing out from the very first email that I send sometimes months before I actually get on the microphone with anybody. And then we continue. Okay. Uh, How would you like to be introduced? What is your Skype name? What, which products do you want to talk about? Which, you know, which topics are off limits. We have an entire conversation going on many times, Before we ever get on the microphone, once we get on the microphone, we're just continuing to talk. So we're already warmed up. We've already uh, heard each other's well heard, read each other's words, and and have gotten accustomed to. This is just oh sure, this is Chris. This is just you know this guy that I've I've already been talking to. Well now we're going to be talking on the microphone. So by the time we click the record button, um, you know we've already to some degree gotten used to each other. And then uh, at the beginning of each episode, I, I usually chat for, you know, five minutes or so, just, just in case there is any lingering uh, strangeness or discomfort or newness, just so that we can kind of hear each other and, and understand, oh, oh, okay, well, you're just a person? Great. I'm just a person, too. Let's go talk.
0: Great. I never realized that all your communication, it's so human because it's intentionally human.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is by design. And it, it took me a while to learn that. I, I honestly, initially, I was trying very hard to find ways to automate everything until I realized that the, the conversation that takes place via email before the show, that really greases the wheels into allowing us to start the show, um, already kind of gelled as, as, as two people that, that sort of know each other.
0: That's great, because there are examples on ter- on absolutely the different, uh, you know, side of spectrum. For example, I was a guest at a Rocketship podcast, and I was so incredibly impressed by the way they automated everything. They had like guest onboarding page. They had a page where the episode is live already, and they have all the, you know, social sharing links up wow. and running for each custom episode. And they have like my portrait in in the middle of it. And, you know, nothing can be more flattering (laughs) than that.
1: (laughs) Right.
0: And um, also, let me recall uh, I think uh, Mixergy, Andy Warner, he runs, uh, you know, pre recording interviews before his interviews. So I've once listened to a talk with him, and he shared that, like, so much prep work goes into interviewing. That, you know, the interview itself is even shorter than the prep work.
1: Right. But it's very focused, very focused because of the prep work.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, he went so much into prep work for the podcast that he even hired a coach that told him how to interview people.
1: No and I way. think this
0: is really awesome. Wow. I really, really need to dig out that episode with him on some other person's podcast that everyone here sh- should listen to because this gives us an entirely different perspective on the whole, you know, craft
1: of interview sure. people. Sure, that's outstanding. That's outstanding. And and yeah. you know those uh, those interviewers, when you get it right, and and on my own show, I I, I put a lot of effort into getting it right, and that, that's why I still I still listen to a bunch of shows that feature people who I, I feel like have really have their act together. Um, it helps me to kind of keep my own game together. But being able to get valuable information out of a guest in a focused manner like that, that really pays dividends uh, for me as a freelancer. I've had I've had several times when a client who has hired me to build a web app for them, they might have a question and say, "Hey, I you know I realize you know you're you're you know you're you're the builder, not the marketer, but I also know that you know you do know something about this stuff. How should I handle blah?" Well, there's been more than one time. When I say, oh, here, here's a link to, you know, the episode of my podcast where Ruben Gomez said, blah, 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 go listen to that. I think it'll really help you. So, I I mean, I'm using that as a resource and, and it's, it's fantastic. And, you know, the clients love it because how often is it that the guy who's building your web app can give you advice in the form of, well, here's this interview show that I created with these really famous founders. No big deal here. Just go ahead and, you know, go ahead and listen to what they told me. I mean, that's that's good stuff. And I I really appreciate being able to do that.
0: Yeah, I've been really enjoying lately, including my podcast episodes as a source of knowledge for people who are asking advice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's good stuff.
0: Right. And when you get someone to listen to your podcast, it establishes a very special connection, which is, I think, way stronger than the one with a newsletter or blog post, because the person is literally listening to your voice for a whole hour and listening to your ideas.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And podcasting is unique in that if I had, say, I mean, I suppose you could read my email newsletter on your phone while you're at the gym or when you're on the train. But that's quite different from piping my podcast directly into your ears while you're at the gym or on the train. Or There's a higher level of engagement there, I think, and, and a higher level of, of, of intimacy and, and human connection. And, and so I, I agree with you. Absolutely. That's, that's a much, much deeper, much realer, much more human connection than simply reading words on a page.
0: By the way, I want to share a little bit of experience. I tried to dabble in video production lately. Uh And, you know, you have to, let's say, do a voiceover, a screencast, and it's a completely different kind of audio as opposed to a real-life conversation. Because you just, you talk to yourself in looking into the screen, and you just try to repeat the phrase and get it right until you do, like for (laughs) repeating every two minutes, every five times, round and round. This is just so not for me. This is so different from podcasting, even though it's the same thing, you're recording audio track.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. With a podcast, it's, it's completely extemporaneous. Well, with my podcast, it's completely extemporaneous. I know there are some people out there who script their shows, but you, you, when you're doing the screencast, um, and, and I have the same issue, I do a lot of screencasts for clients. Um, my company does not do written, uh, written instructions for anything anymore. We create videos. If we build a system for somebody, um, we build some kind of an app, they have a question about how do you accomplish this task, we do a screencast video. Because we found that writing it out, you know, number one, click here. Number two, click there. Nobody reads it. Um, and you're right. It's tough. Because whereas you and I are talking right now completely extemporaneously, when I'm clicking around the screen, I need to pace myself. My comments are guided by whatever the next step in the, uh, in the screencast is. It's tough. It's, it's very tricky.
0: Yeah. So you know what, what kind of pain I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> Trying to get the same phrase over and over again. It's really oh, yeah. painful. Not easy. All right. Let me twist the conversation a little bit. Sure. We're talking about the business of podcasting. So please share the evolution of your own podcast from its very first days. How many years you've been out there?
1: Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> I've been around for uh, three years. I'm going twice a month, but I, I break it up into seasons and I'll take six month breaks in between seasons. So in three years, I've only produced 36 episodes, but... My hope has been that there are 36 high-quality episodes. Um, In the early days, gosh, you know, in the early days, I was probably quite a bit more tunnel-visioned on the subject matter than I am now. In the early days, I would not have even considered um, talking about any subject matter other than launching a SaaS app, (laughs) and then over time... And uh, having received the counsel of the various guests on the show, some of whom suggested, oh, well, no, you know, you know, you can do a small downloadable product first or, oh, you can do an info product first or, you know, courses are a really great way to get started. They're small and, you know, it's not so much to buy. Them. So all of that advice kind of led me to a place where today, um, I believe my last episode was about a self-published book. Not in a million years, three years ago, would I have even considered that. But, over time, and having learned what I've learned, I, I would say that the evolution of my show has been that i've I've come to have a more enlightened view of what product is and the kind of a role that it can play in your freelancing business as you try to diversify into product to add an additional revenue stream. my my thinking my thinking in the beginning was very, very rigid and and very limited in scope. and i'm I'm thankful for that change. I, I think it's it's probably probably enriched my professional life. And has opened up a lot of options for my, for my freelancing business, because now I can consider things that I would not have considered before. That's, that's really the biggest takeaway.
0: So you expanded the scope of your conversations. You just expanded your own, your own life vision and the scope of your podcast as well.
1: Right, right.
0: But yourself three years ago as a podcaster and yourself as a podcaster today, you know, so qualified, you can give Uh. advice in a book. How did that personal evolution and the business evolution go for you
1: well i I've got to say that I'm much less uptight now um, when I first started out whatever human element there was in my podcast was almost by accident all of the all of the the viewpoints that I've come to over time about uh, maintaining the humanity when I first set out to do a podcast, my first inclination was to script it and and make everything you know nothing should happen on tape that isn't written down in the script. And oh my <laughs> I've since abandoned that. And, and well, you've been on the show, you know, it's very it's very extemporaneous and loose. And my first episode was reasonably extemporaneous and loose. I, I think Rob and I kind of figured out, you know, I have X number of minutes to ask a question and you have X number of minutes to answer it. And so let's try to keep our, but that's about as controlled as it got. And, and since then it's it's gotten much looser, but that's aided me as a business person because it's, it's helped me to, open myself up to the idea that, you know, maybe I don't need to plan every detail. Maybe it's okay to just let some things unfold. Maybe it's okay to be iterative, both with the interview questions that I ask on my podcast, with the way some of my professional projects unfold, uh, even with the way I, I go about attracting and interacting with new clients. So that's really enabled me to just give myself permission to play things a little bit looser and be open to what may arise.
0: All right. I really, I'm glad that I realized that a little bit earlier because I really enjoy how conversations unfold here right. at UI Breakfast Podcast because it never, we try to declare the topic of the episode in the beginning, but you're not the first person who doesn't make it. <laughs> like, right. This episode is supposed to be called Business of Podcasting. But it's clearly a more intricate and, you know, dynamic conversation about podcasting right. about everything but the business, you know, seriously. Right. <laughs> but I'm enjoying it, and I'm sure the listeners enjoy it too.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's definitely good. So if we want to steer things back around more to the business end of things, um, I would just say to, to other freelancers out there who are, who are podcasting or, or anybody recently, anybody, anybody who owns a business and also podcasts. Is to look at their podcast, uh, not just as a marketing channel, but as an asset. And by that, I mean, when you're creating podcasts, you're creating a store of content that can be used to aid your business. If you're talking about things that are evergreen, uh, for example, with my own podcast, nobody's ever going to stop wanting to launch products. All of the information in all of my 36 episodes is, is evergreen. I can extract that information and put it into a series of articles. Uh, let's say you run a small pizza shop, right? And you podcast about, you know, pizza or cooking pizza or or high-end pizza ovens or whatever it is that you happen to do. It's probably a terrible example. But my point is, if you have a 100 episodes talking about pizza or the history of pizza in America or the pizzeria business or how to be more profitable running a pizza parlor, you've got a tremendous amount of content. Pull that out. Put it on your blog. Pull that out and see if you can get yourself an article in the local newspaper. Um, Interview other local business persons. Oh, that's something that I'm experimenting with right now um, is reaching out to prospects, introducing myself as a local business owner. My podcast is, of course, part of my professional bio that I send over. And I ask them if I can interview them for a local business podcast. That really gets people excited, really, really gets people excited. Who doesn't want to talk about themselves?
0: right? Absolutely. This is great advice. And actually, you know, podcasts are way less time consuming than, let's say, blogging, because the cost of production is really way lower. You just have to show up, talk, and, you know, do a little bit of post-production. And you're right. The number of ways you can transcribe and make use of it, it's endless.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd
0: like to point out that actually, audio production and transcription is quite widely popular, but it's much harder just to talk on the mic without a co-host and it's going to lead nowhere. But if you have a live conversation with someone, it's just a fantastic way to extract knowledge from each other and it results in much more interesting and engaging content.
1: Absolutely. That's the entire reason why I went with an interview show. Um, I wanted to learn about product and I wanted to teach what I was learning at the same time. But then the question was, where does the learning come from? And where does my credibility as somebody to listen to come from? And it came from uh, the credibility that I borrow from my brilliant guests who, who, you know, agree to spend an hour talking to me. And it works the same using a podcast to appeal to your prospects. If I'm reaching out and inviting people to actually come on the podcast, you know, hey, Mr. Um, I don't know, Mr. Body Shop Owner, I'd like for you to come on my podcast and talk about your experience as a local business owner. Well, now I'm creating a relationship. Once we're in a relationship, if he reaches out to me and says, hey, you know, I'm trying to do this thing. I need some marketing advice. Again, that's where I go back to, oh, sure. I did a podcast episode about that very subject with this very famous founder. Here, listen to this. So it, you can come full circle with this sort of thing. Um, you can use it as a credibility builder. You can use it as a lead magnet. Uh, you can use it in a number of ways. And, and all of that all of that content can get repurposed. Uh, you mentioned doing video production. You know, the, the audio of a podcast you can use that to underscore a uh, you know a powerpoint deck you can use it to underscore some kind of a fancy marketing animation there's just so much that can be done it's it's raw material podcasting is absolutely raw material with which you can then market your business the question is um can you generate good material in the first place cuz you know having a bunch of raw material that's not particularly compelling that doesn't help anyone and can you get it in front of the people that you need to get it in front of in order to build up your your ranks of clients. And then that's, as always, that's where the that's where the magic happens.
0: Yeah, I think we need to discuss promotion somewhere further on because it's a whole big uh, subject for discussion separately. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So I want to remind our listeners that, you know, Chris is a complete expert in the area, and he wrote a book on podcasting, which you can find where, Chris?
1: Oh, uh, record and release. Learn how to podcast in just one day. Uh, you can find that at record-and-release.com. And uh, for listeners of Jane's podcast, if you put in the promotion code UI breakfast at checkout, uh, you can get a $10 discount off the standard edition of my book. $10 does not sound like a lot of money, but if you're using the record and release method to get a podcast out there quickly, you can take that 10 bucks I just saved you and do something nice for your show. Go on Fiverr, get some cover art made. Buy a little foam cover for your microphone. Buy some coffee to keep you awake when you're trying to figure out what questions to ask in your next interview. So recordandrelease.com, hyphens between the words, promo code UI breakfast and take that 10 bucks and go do something nice for yourself.
0: Sounds great. I'm really loving how you anchor that to some real life objects because that's a good technique for pricing really
1: good. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: All right. Thank you for joining us today and sharing your knowledge, Chris, and see you next time.
1: All right, thanks, Jane.